Welcome to the My Best Mom Friend Podcast. My name is Sandra, and I'm the virtual mom bestie you didn't know you needed. Grab a cup, make yourself comfortable, and allow me to spill the tea on motherhood. Welcome back to the My Best Mom Friend Podcast. Today's topic will cover marriage after baby or relationship with your partner after baby. This is a topic that is not commonly discussed. I actually, the first time I touched on this on a post on Instagram, it went viral and I could not believe the response. I could not believe how many parents, new parents, moms and dads that this post resonated with simply because no one talks about it. You get together with your girlfriends, nobody talks about their dirty marital laundry because it's just not talked about. I don't know. So then you go back home and you feel like your marriage is broken because you went from just loving on one another, enjoying the bond of pregnancy to bickering and bitching at each other about literally anything and everything and just including the most irrelevant and unimportant things. So you can just be left feeling like your marriage is broken even though this should be such a beautiful blissful time, right? Like the two of you literally created another life, another human through the love that you share. So When postpartum, after you transition from just a married couple or a relationship into being parents, when that transition is rocky, often we didn't see that coming, right? Like you probably did not read about that in the Baby 101 books. Um, No one talks about how your marriage and your relationship with yourself and with your partner will change once you bring that little life into the world. So that is what I will be talking about today. I experienced this with my own husband, so I will share a little, you know, a few details of our relationship postpartum. But now that I am, that we are on the other side of it, I feel comfortable talking about it a little bit and then also sharing some different things that other moms through my Instagram have shared with me. So that you don't feel alone and realize that in fact, as much as it sucks, this is a normal common thing after becoming parents. So let's dive in. So you might be wondering, okay, well, why this shift? I'll tell you why. You just had a baby. You brought a whole other person into the relationship. There were two of you. You had it all figured out for the most part. You clearly had your roles defined, who does what, you had your routine, and now you have a baby. A baby that is crying all the time, that you are trying to figure out what that baby needs and how to take care of it and how to do that together while also taking care of yourself as a new mom. 
and how to heal yourself, right? Because this is such a massive transition and upheaval. And then how to do all of this together as a couple. So the shift. Okay, so your hormones are raging. Um, you are both sleep deprived. There is a lack of intimacy. Sex has just gone out the window for most couples. You're not going on date nights because you're not ready to leave the baby with a sitter or your mother-in-law. So you're not having that one-on-one time together, that, that connection, because all you're talking about throughout the day is schedules and navigating the different baby cries and cues and running out to get diapers and, you know, we need more formula you're running to the pediatrician, like you are just talking about the schedules and like the mundane parts of parenthood. You are no longer having these deep conversations about life together. So there's just a major, major shift. Not to mention you have a crying baby, you're navigating breastfeeding, you know, maybe your baby has reflux or I don't know. There are just so many factors that change the dynamic. Maybe your husband or your partner goes right back to work and isn't home to help you. There are so many different dynamics that affect the relationship postpartum. So I was thinking of an analogy and the only thing I've been able to come up with is picture you're standing in your kitchen, okay? You bring out a blender, you pour in a dose of sleep deprivation, a spoonful of hormones, a dash of cracked nipples, I don't know, whatever it is that you want to throw in the mix. Throw in a crying baby. Maybe you throw in your dogs who are driving you absolutely insane because suddenly they're so needy and all over you and you forget to put the lid on. You hit the power button, you hit the start button, and splash your entire contents of your blender, of the smoothie that you were about to beautifully blend together to enjoy, just landed all over your ceiling, all over the floor, all over the cabinets, and all over you. Which, in reality, what's splattered all over you is um, baby spit up. But anyways... So yeah, so your relationship, your new family dynamic is essentially a smoothie that exploded onto your kitchen ceiling. So I don't know, I could probably come up with something better, but I don't really feel like deleting this entire section and starting over. So we're going to run with this analogy. So let's dive into resentment. Resentment is where I think the bickering often starts for couples. So resentment is the product of an unmet need because something feels unfair and unbalanced. So I am assuming, I'm just assuming here, that you and your partner went into this this procreation, like both deciding that you are ready to have a baby and you are both on board 
for this massive life change, right? I mean, it's kind of a big deal bringing another little person into the world. It's a huge responsibility and you can't just do it lightly. You know what I mean? Like a little bit of thought has to go behind it. So unless you stop taking your birth control pill without telling your partner so you can bag him and make him your husband and have him be stuck with you, um, then maybe the load should fall more on you. I don't know. Um, I'm just kidding. I, I do hope that you didn't just quit the pill without telling your partner, but I know it happens. So if you did, you know, I'm sure you had your reasons. So yeah. So if you guys both went into this, then why does most of the work and caretaking then fall on the mom? Right? Like it should be fairly 50 50 if you both chose to go down this path like it should not be permanently 80 20 once you push that baby out or have it removed via c-section um it just shouldn't there are so many moms that have reached out to me saying that their relationship feels so unbalanced so unfair that they're absolutely drowning and overwhelmed and not getting any help from their partner and it just makes me so angry on their behalf because it i'm just mind blown first of all how there are partners that become dads or moms sometimes it's you know the roles are reversed but how you can become a parent and not take ownership and like have an equal share and an equal amount of participation in the caretaking, you know, and all of the other tasks that are needed to to get done in order to make your family life and your little world go round. So first of all, it's mind blowing and mind boggling to me that some partners just don't help. And then it's even more mind-boggling to me that some of these women, that some of, perhaps you listening, that you aren't putting your foot down and saying, no, like, you're going to help me. Like, you have to stand your ground, you have to speak up, and you have to ask for help. They're not mind readers. They may think that they're doing enough, and truly feel like they're helping and participating, but they're not doing even nearly enough and you're drowning and you need them to throw you a life raft. And they have to know that. You have to tell them. So that's all I can say. You have to ask for what you need. It is so important. If you want to avoid mom burnout, you need to get help. And I say the word help loosely because our partners aren't helping, right? Like they are supposed to be doing this alongside us. Neither one of us is helping. We're both doing it together. So if I use the term helping, just know that I, I say it that way because it just rolls off the tongue more easily. But I what I really mean is that they should be doing their fair and equal share. I'm going to dive deeper into the mental load of motherhood in a future episode, but I just want to give you a couple of ideas of different ways that you can share the load because the load of motherhood 
is heavy. So when you have a newborn, it's it's really easy for the mom to do the night feedings and for that to fall on her if she is breastfeeding or pumping because you have to get up anyways or your boobs might explode. So I think that a lot of partners can feel like they have an out and don't have to help. I think often partners will say things like, oh, but there's really nothing I can do. Well, I mean, actually there is. I only breastfed and pumped for three and a half weeks, but although my husband went back to work after a week or two, he was still getting up in the middle of the night with me um, and would change our son's diaper while I was getting everything ready to breastfeed or pump. Um, He would sometimes go and clean off the pump parts or, you know, put the milk in the fridge or he would just try and help however he could. And then once we switched to formula, then we shared night feeds pretty much 50-50 unless I couldn't sleep. Um, So he would do the midnight bottle feeding and then I would do the 3 a.m., like whatever that looks like. It was really important to us to share that load. Um, Some other examples, you know, especially as your kids get older, if, if you're dropping them off to daycare or school, then maybe your partner picks them up or vice versa. Um, If you are making breakfast and prepping their lunch, perhaps your partner can do dinner again or vice versa. If you're grocery shopping, can they unload? If you're cooking, they can do the dishes. If you do the laundry, they can fold and put it away. You do bath time, they do bedtime, like stories, rocking, all of that. So there are definitely ways to split the load and I think it's so important. Again, it will never be perfectly 50-50, but anything that you can do to really communicate. Communication is really the key here. You cannot have a successful partnership as parents if you don't practice your communication. That's all I can say. Um, Find a time when you're in a good place to really have a sit down, have a meeting, and talk about the different roles, who does what, which task might be easier for you versus him um, and figure out who is doing what. Clearly define those roles and those tasks so that there is no more guesswork. Everyone knows what they're supposed to do and you guys can run this, you know, new partnership like a well-oiled machine as much as you can. I think it's really easy for a larger bulk of the caretaking to fall on the woman, onto the mom, because she is the one traditionally that is home with the baby on maternity leave. It's unfortunate that our society is so fucked up that most dads or partners aren't able to also take a leave of absence. Um... I am truly hoping that over the next few years, there are better programs in place for paid parental leave for all, but 
in the interim, while our society and our resources are so heavily broken, the mom is often the one staying home with the baby initially. So even if you are a working mom and you go back to work, we fall into that default parent bucket. And I truly feel like society is to blame for that. Again, if dads and partners were able to be home just as much as the mom, then I think you start at a more even playing field. But because that's not the case, and the mom is the one that like gets into the routine and the groove of doing things, and the partner is back at work, so then when the partner fills in, they're having to like figure out how to do everything. You're finally getting out of the house and they're calling you, asking you questions. Where's this? How do I do that? What time does the baby do this? How many ounces? What, what should the poop look like? I don't know. You know, it's like, dude, just Google it. Leave me alone. But so <laughs> I, I just think that society pushes us into that default parent role. Like if your kid is at daycare and gets sick, is it usually you picking them up or is it your partner? When your baby is homesick from daycare, is it usually you taking off from work, staying home with baby or is it your partner? Is it you that is searching for childcare options or your partner? Is it you doing all of the research um, about where your baby should be developmentally, um, what types of toys and different learning activities and what type of formula and like, is it you or is it your partner? Just things like that. Like who is handling the bulk of the planning, of the worrying, the thinking ahead, the prepping, who is doing the bulk of it? If it is a shared load, then congratulations. I applaud you. You and your husband or partner win. Like that is the ultimate goal for every new couple to achieve. So if you are not one of those couples, then I desperately urge you to have that sit down, have that meeting. Again, do it when you're in a good place. Don't do it when you are so angry at your partner for not helping and when you're feeling super overly resentful. Like do it when you're both in a even keel, like happy, good place. So my husband and I truly were for a while, I would say from about six months postpartum until about a year and a half postpartum, I think a solid year, not right away. I don't know if he was just gentle with me because of my um, fragile mental state since I went uh, through really bad postpartum depression and anxiety. Um, he was so supportive. It, it was amazing. I don't know how I would have gotten through it without him. But once we hit that six-month mark postpartum and I kind of started to feel better, it doesn't help that we also moved at that time. So we had a six-month-old and we moved into a much larger home and I completely redid 
everything. Like every piece of furniture in this like 3,500 square foot home. Every like piece of art that was going on the walls. So I had a lot of tasks for him. A lot of furniture to put together. Lots of things to mount. And that sort of handiwork is not my husband's like favorite activity in the world. So, um, like if you would get frustrated because a piece of furniture was really annoying to put together, it's like, I would hear it and I would get the brunt of it. And like, why did you pick this stupid thing? And like, I feel like every piece of furniture we put together turned into another argument. <laughs> so I can just go through my house and look at all the pieces of furniture that I purchased. And that can probably like add up all of the bickering and like argumentative moments that we had in that first year um, when we moved into this house with a six month old. None of our arguments were ever anything that mattered. None of it was important. Like it, okay, so my husband isn't a morning person. So he would come downstairs not in like the greatest mood. So then if I didn't unload the dishwasher or didn't load it properly or left, I don't know, a dirty paper towel sitting out, whatever dumb thing it was, it would irritate the shit out of him and he had to say something. He had to verbalize how he felt. And I did the exact same thing when he did things that annoyed me. These are all things that before we had our son, he would have just grabbed that dirty paper towel and thrown it away from me without saying anything. But because we were in this fragile space together, um, every little thing was a point of annoyance for each other. I mean, every morning we would bicker at each other. It was the smallest things. Like, I didn't like how he cut my son's food that day. Like, I think he was cutting cucumbers. And I prepared his lunch the day before and cut them way smaller because I was always nervous about my son choking. So the next day when my husband prepared the lunch um, and quote unquote helped, he cut them into much larger pieces that gave me anxiety. So of course I was like, oh my gosh, these slices are way too big. You have to cut them smaller. And he would just look at me so annoyed and disgusted and instead of, like, he could have so easily just been like, okay, honey, like, no worries. I hear ya. Like, this makes you anxious. Sure, here, I will slice them one more time to make them smaller. But no, like, he would stand his ground and it would become a thing. So then his attitude rubbed off on me and then I was bitchy towards him and it would spiral like that every fucking morning. It drove me insane. <laughs> and I know it drove him insane too. And then when we'd be in a good place, I would literally, one of us would bring it up and say like, oh my gosh, why are you so annoying? Why did this like piss you off? And the other person will be like, no, like you started this. You were pissed off first. Then I was pissed off at you. <laughs> like it would be this annoying back and forth. And then we would have a new argument over who started the argument and who was the most annoyed and who was the most annoying. 
in the situation, I mean, oh my gosh, my head hurts thinking about the fact that we were ever in that place in our relationship. Like, thank God we figured out how to properly communicate again. We both got sleep again and we are like normal human beings again. Like, thank fucking God. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I don't think you're supposed to say things like that and not in a public platform, but thank God. That is all I can say because I don't know how many more years our marriage could have handled the constant bickering. It got to a point where I was so upset by it because it would start every day off in such a negative way when I just wanted to be happy. So I spoke with my therapist about it one day. We've never gone to couples therapy, but I have always had my own therapist on like speed dial. (laughs) So I talked to her about it and her suggestion amongst other things, like she suggested we need to go on more date nights together. Like if we have someone willing to babysit, like our, my mother-in-law and my mom were both always more than happy to babysit. They both live like 20, 30 minutes away. She was like, why are you not taking advantage of that? You guys need that to strengthen your bond again. Like this is so important, Sandra. You guys have to go out together at least once a month. I encourage you to do it every other week. So that was one piece of advice. And then the second piece of advice she gave was, Okay, so if this is happening in the mornings especially, then I want you both to, when you wake up and you first meet in the kitchen or wherever you guys, you know, first wake up together, um, I want you to spend 60 seconds, so a full minute, embracing in a hug. Um, I don't know if you've ever hugged someone for 60 seconds, But 60 seconds is a very long time to embrace in a hug when you have a crying baby or a hungry toddler. I'm just saying. I was willing to try to go for a solid 30 seconds and I think my husband would pull away around 10 or 12 seconds if I had to guess. So um, yeah, so that like connection and that physical touch is supposed to release oxytocin the same way as skin to skin does with your baby. So she just thought that that would be a very positive way to start off each day to have that connection. So we did do it for a couple of days and then we kind of fell off the wagon doing that. Um, You can try it. Perhaps it will work for you. Um, All I can say is Remember your love languages. If you have never taken the quiz, I so encourage you to go on Google, have both of you take the quiz because knowing one another's love language is so important, especially postpartum as new parents to properly communicate and show each other love and affection however each person prefers to have it received. So I would say all in all, I think it's safe to have the conclusion be that yes, marriage and a relationship postpartum is rocky and there is nothing wrong with you and your relationship. This is unfortunately just a phase that many couples go through. 
So I think notoriously men are not the best communicators and not the best at expressing feelings. So without asking my own husband, I was curious to hear a little bit about the male perspective, the perspective of the husband and the new dad on this topic of marriage post baby. So I spoke with a dad who has a baby, well, not a baby, sorry, a toddler around the same age as my son. So in the same general timeline and phase as my husband and I. And here is what he said. I actually thought his words were so beautiful. I want to like anonymously send this to his wife because I think this is what all of us women just want to hear and our husbands and partners cannot express it and tie it up with a bow as beautifully as he did. So I'm going to read this off to you. The bottom line is I have never admired someone more than I admired my wife after seeing what she went through physically and emotionally. So I have never been more drawn to her, but for every understandable reason, she was not in a position to then return all of that emotional investment in the early days after giving birth, nor should she be expected to amidst all of the shifts and changes that she underwent amidst the unfolding of this new love story with our child. So I feel like I was never more drawn to her but it was also a bit lonely in that respect. He goes on to say, fast forward two and a half years, and I think I am still fully trying to understand and embrace the ways in which she is a completely different person than she was before giving birth. Again, all of these natural good changes, healthy changes, important changes, but as the guy, You are not biologically changed by this. You don't fully understand it. I will never fully understand what she has gone through and continues to go through. He wrapped up his thought process so beautifully by saying, My final thought. Where that leaves us as a married couple two and a half years into this is understanding that love is an action. And that love will not always be expressed with the same language as it was before the baby. And the idea of a love language, I have always thought as fixed. This is your love language. This is mine. And to some degree, we are who we are, but we evolve and she especially evolved through this. I have had to understand that either physically or verbal expressions of love, which are my primary vehicles of accepting love, are not always going to be what she puts out there for so many myriad of reasons. And I have to understand that her doing laundry is an act of love. Her cooking dinner amidst being busy with our son is an act of love. And I have to learn to accept this. Okay, wow. When I first heard this response, I was like, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. I'm sure so many men, husbands, partners feel this same way, right? Like women go through so much. We change so much. 
I mean, I personally felt like a completely different person after giving birth and after getting through that postpartum mental health plight. So yeah, I mean, it is really, really hard for a man to truly and fully understand how we feel about certain things, the anxieties and fears and worries that we carry around that are so heavily weighing on us. They just, they don't fully understand because their life does not shift quite as dramatically as ours does. So yeah, I just wanted to share that male perspective as well as just my own perspective and the perspective of so many moms that I have spoken with over the last year. So once again, just to wrap this up, if you are currently struggling with your relationship postpartum, again, please know you are not alone. This is completely normal it fucking blows. I'm sorry that you and your partner are currently going through this. I promise you with communication and with time, your relationship will get better again. It will evolve. It will never be 100% the way that it was before you brought another little life into the world, but it will evolve and you guys will learn how to navigate parenthood together. So just keep that in mind. Keep an open line of communication with your partner at all times and ask for help. Communicate how you feel. Tell each other that you love each other. Compliment one another. There is no greater compliment than hearing, wow, you are such a great mom. You are such an amazing dad. Like, oh my gosh, so wonderful to hear. So Anyways, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Marriage After Baby. There will be more episodes to come on this topic. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Leave a review. Um, Go over and follow me on Instagram if you're not already a member of my community. It's at mybestmomfriend. I would love to connect with you over there. I share daily quotes about real raw, honest motherhood moments. Um, And yeah, I'm excited to talk to you again next week. Thanks for tuning in. For more, follow along on Instagram at mybestmomfriend. I'll see you again next time.